You there, 2 Corinthians? You there? Okay. All right, beginning verse 1 in chapter 8. And it says, And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most, ex- out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. They were begging to be able to give an offering. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? And they, and they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. This morning, I want to speak to you about the grace of of giving. Amen? The grace of giving. Praise you, God. Um, in, this, in this passage, Paul is he's speaking to, obviously, the Corinthian church and uh, giving them word of response by churches in Macedonia, which were about a thousand miles away. And, uh, you know, a thousand miles away is a long way even today, especially, especially then. And I've made numerous trips to Florida, to southern parts of Florida. It was 1,000 miles. And, um, and it's a pretty long drive. So I can't imagine what it took to get from Macedonia uh, to, uh, to Israel at that point in time. And we continue, by the way, praying for Israel and for all people. Folks, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And we pray that the powers of hell and the powers of darkness be defeated. And we pray that righteousness and goodness will prevail. Amen. And that's what we pray. We pray for God's people. Lord, help, help Israel and um, in this whole situation and, and any innocent persons, right? So, um, but anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to you as Paul is challenging here, this, uh, the, the grace of giving. And, uh, you know, this practice is a normal expectation for God's followers. How many Christians do we have in the house? All right, that means you know that every one of you that, in fact, just look at somebody. Look, look at somebody there. All right, look at them and say, God wants you to excel. And you say, Amen. <laughs> and God wants you to excel in the grace of giving. How do you believe that to be true? Right? It's true, and that's what God wants. And I want to say, as we talk about giving this morning, I just want to qualify. I know there's a lot of silly stuff and crazy stuff and sad stuff happening by the way of of um, speaking on giving and whatever and money uh, today and it's crazy and so if you're a guest uh, just bear with me and trust me all right um, I thank God that we have a very healthy church and this is uh, I'll, I'll say a lot about giving but uh, this is not a pressure tactic this is something we're we're wanting to understand God's perspective and God's expectation for us as his people to be to be givers how many of you believe God wants us to be giving people right um, 
And I'm, I'm just so glad that we're filled with a church of people that have that practiced the grace of giving, aren't you? And I want to again say thank you to all of you, not only who faithfully tithe, but you stepped up in the area of faith promises. I have prayed, I pray that, I pray that everybody, I pray that 100% of our people would, every family would step up and do something by way of missions. Whatever it is, I pray that nobody would choose to just be left out. Listen, get involved in this. Do something by way of missions, okay? And uh, so that, that's my heart and my goal because uh, I know that that's the heart of the Lord, right? And, um, and I received some totally unexpected, really good news this past week. It might have been the week prior. Uh, I think it was the end of, end of the week before. And, um, but, but our church is going to be receiving a, a gift of 32 acres of rich farmland um, that's going to be given to the church. Um, our dear brother Larry Rice, who is a lifelong member of this church, I miss him. I miss our saints. I tell you, I, I know they're rejoicing, having a great time over there, but I miss them. But uh, dear brother Larry Rice has farmed all his life, his family farmers, and um, but he, he left the church 32 acres, and so sometime here soon, uh, uh, somebody's going to stop by and give us the deed to that property. But uh, it'll be an ongoing gift and, and, um, to the church, and uh, as, as we receive the, uh, the, the fruit, the benefits of the profits of crops that are harvested off of that land, and, um, and so thankful. Amen? It was Calvin Coolidge who said, No person is ever honored for what he's received. He's honored for what he's given. And that's what we want to be. We want to be givers, right, of anything. We want to be givers. And, and we understand that there are a lot more ways uh, that we can give other than material things or financial things. We understand that. And, uh, and uh, those are extremely important. But this morning we are talking about uh, financial gifts or material gifts when uh, Paul is challenging the church in the, in the grace of giving. Um, and so we just thank the Lord for giving people, right? And it's this kind of giving attitude that enables the church to function, to, to move on, to have a future, to stay current and effective. Amen? We couldn't do it. How many of you are glad for the, the facility we have to worship in and to learn in and for the properties, right? And uh, by the way, thank you, Kevin, for uh, mowing the, the, the property back there, for doing all that bush hogging. I don't know if you all noticed. Man, it looks so good. Thank you for doing that. But it um, looks fantastic. But it takes a lot. How many are thankful for AC and heat and all that stuff? Well, guess what? It happens because of people who have excelled in the grace of giving. Without that, it couldn't happen. For the ministry of the church that goes on, reaching people, helping missionaries around the world. Just got a uh, message from Rhonda Pulver and, uh, and a very sensitive area of ministry that she's involved in. And what's going on there and how God is using her to touch lives. She couldn't do what she does except for you, people like you, helping in the grace of giving, right? And so God wants us to carry on with that. And so I want to talk about this. There's so much to say. This is such a huge subject. And, um, and so if you've got something to take notes on, all right, go ahead and grab something. And, and uh, if, you, if you use your phone, I'm going to trust you that you're using your phone to take notes and not text your neighbor about something else. All right, but, uh, but, but do this because it's, it's so vitally important. And as we, as we get ready, as we start to dive into this important thing, um, I want to I say a few things about tithing uh, before 
or as we, we talk about the grace of giving, this particular piece of tithing. Let me just say uh, something here. And by the way, media person, I don't have any, any slide for this. It's just something that I've added on. But how many of you know what tithing really means? What's that mean? Tenth. It literally means tenth. And so the first tenth of our income is specifically and automatically devoted to the Lord and is given to the church where we belong, right? And, um, and, and let me say this in case I forget to say it. Your tithe belongs into the storehouse, and this is your storehouse. You're part of this church. This is your church home. This is storehouse. That's where your tithe belongs. And we give other offerings to the church, and sometimes we give offerings to other, maybe other ministries and things like this, but I want to caution you, church, listen to me. If you give offerings, not talking about tithe, but other offerings to other ministries or whatever, you need to do your due diligence, and you need to find out that that ministry is solid. Because I am I'm telling you right now, in this church today, there are multiple people, I guarantee you, and I don't know, but you're giving to ministries that are not treating your funds appropriately. I can just guarantee you because the number of people here, the percentages, I can guarantee you that's happening. You need to find out what's going on. And uh, I've seen all kinds of things. I'm involved in leadership in the district. I know people. I know people in high positions. And folks, it's crazy. Listen, we've got a lot of good people in the world. But how many you know Jesus always warned about false prophets and people doing things and false motives and all of that, and they're out there. And they are. there are people that are out there that are going after the buck. And that's just a fact. All right? But thank God for the genuine folks. Amen? Thank the Lord for that. And uh, so anyway, but, but, but talking about tithing, you remember it, this would be a great message to go into, but you're all familiar when we talk about tithing. One of the most outstanding passages is in Malachi. That's not the only place. Tithing happened before the law. It, it was prescribed in the law, and Jesus put his endorsement on it after the law, all right? And, um, but it's, it's so powerful. And Jesus, uh, God dealing with the people here and speaking to the prophet uh, Malachi, he says to them, he says this, listen. He says, return to me, and I will return to you. And they said, how are we to return? And he says, will a man rob God? You do. And they said, how do we rob you? And God says, in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. He says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. How many of you here can testify to the faithfulness of God and God providing more than you need because of tithing? Amen? And we got to get a hold of this grace of giving. It's interesting that this part, you know, there's, there's, there's parts where God gives us a liberty. We can step forward and do these things. But automatically, that base thing about tithing, folks, that's the base financial support of the church. The church could not do what it does without that. Amen. It couldn't survive without it. And, um, but, but God does that. And notice he says, you're robbing me. Well, if how, am, how do you rob somebody? You're, it's when you're taking something that's theirs and doesn't belong to you. So guess what? As Christians, that tithe, that first 10% belongs to the Lord. And if we keep it, we're robbing God. We're taking something that's not ours. Just like the property that I mentioned, the farmland that I mentioned. You know, the, the, I, think, I, I think those who own the land automatically right off the top get 
of the prophet. Does that sound right? Is that about right? They get 25%, okay? And, and, the, and the, those that, that work the land get, get to keep the 75%. It's kind of that way with God, all right? God has given us all this. He's given, how many you know, you didn't do what you did by your own hands just on your own power. God gave you the ability to do what you do with your hands. God gave you the ability to do what you do with your mind, all right? He gave you that and, and, and all the things that you have. And so automatically that 10%, the first 10%, some people want to wait till the last. No, it's not the last, it's the first. And people say, I don't have, I don't have enough money to pay tithe. That's because you didn't pay it first. <laughs> if you always pay it first, you always, have, you always have money to pay what's first, right? And God says, listen, if you'll trust me in this and see, just trust me, try me, try me. God says, try me. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, try him. Try him, all right? All right. So we could go on. I could, I could easily, easily preach this, this whole morning about, about tithing. But how many of you know that's the fairest method of giving possible? Because everyone, even though the, everybody doesn't give the same amount, everybody gives the same proportion. Everybody gives the same percentage because we all make different levels of, have different levels of income and resource and whatever. And so everybody gives 10%. So we're all on the same page, right? And, um, and so anyway, tithing. So begin there. Begin. Don't rob God. Give God. That belongs to him. Amen? And let me say, that's we, moms and dads, we've got to teach our kids that. And we got to teach them tithing, and we teach them giving. And that's why when they, when they go to Connect Hour in the morning, or they go to Kids Church, or they go to youth, if they don't have the money to give in an offering, give them money to give an offering. Do you all still do that? Man, I did get many answers. We always did that. Always made sure that our kids had money to give an offering. We always did that. You always have something to give. You put in the offering, and the offering passes by, whether it be in class, whether it be in, in kitchen. You always have them something that they're giving because you're teaching them the grace of giving. The grace of giving. I mean, you know, this is vital. This is vitally important, right? And so, anyway, I pray that God give you victory over that and teach that and model that and, um, and expect those, the, those things to happen even with your children, Okay? Now, as we go into this, um, we're talking about the overall practice of giving. It includes tithes, but it also includes offerings as well. And that's what was being dealt with here. There was a need in Judea and Jerusalem. There was, a, there was a need, and the people were hurting and in trouble. And the Macedonian church that was so far away, um, Paul had made them, or somehow they were made aware of it, and they were begging Paul, let us be able to give, let us help. And they were kind of like, you know, Paying back. I mean, it was from Jerusalem. That's where, that's where the church started. That's where the gospel came from. That's where this whole thing got going. And they're like, oh, we get to help them. You know, we get to do something for them. And, and they said, let us give. And they were excited. And in the middle of a very difficult time, a recession, you might say, it says in their extreme poverty rose up rich generosity. They didn't give just out of their, out of their means. They, they gave out of faith saying, we've got something and we're going to give it. We want to help. And they stepped up and they did that. Amen? And so we're going we're gonna to dive into this this morning. And so first of all, there's, there's three basic things. Number one is this, the precedent of giving. Say that with me, the precedent of giving. Why do we give? Who, who set the precedent? God did. Like, like how I many you know God is a giving God? giving God amen he gave us the, he gave mankind the whole world 
and everything in it. He said, listen, I give you all the things he told Adam. I give you this and I give you this and I give you this and I give you this. There's one tree stay away from, but everything else. Amen. I give it to you. Right. God's a giving God and he, he gives us daily provision. And that's why we when we pray. Right. Father art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Give us this day our daily bread. Right. And God, how many God's given you daily bread? He's given you forgiveness. He's given you mercy. He's given you help. He's given you protection. He's given you guidance. He's given you wisdom, right? God is a giving God. He instructs us. Jesus instructed us to come to him and to come to him that he said, come asking, come seeking, come knocking. And he said, if you who are, he said, you who are evil <laughs> know how to get good, good gifts. How much more does my father in heaven know how to give good gifts? How many of you could testify that God has given good gifts to you? Right? And so he's our president. God has set the stage. And beyond everything else, God gave his only son. And as we mentioned earlier, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This passage in this uh, same chapter, it says, Jesus Christ, though he was rich for our sake, he became poor. He gave everything he had. He became poor in essence. In essence, he became poor. Folks, he lived here. He, he, God birthed him of all places. He birthed him with a mom and a dad, a natural father and mother who were not wealthy. And Jesus was living with the Father in heaven and enjoying everything. And he comes to earth. And so in that sense, he became poor. Why did he do that? Because he loves us. And he wants to give to us. So the precedent for our giving is from the Lord himself. We also see it modeled in God's church from the very beginning. The very first Christians. Read in it. Read in the book of Acts. Read in there how the church began to respond. In Acts 2 it says, In selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. And so there was no needs among them. And I want to tell you, because of your generosity, we're able to help people. We're able to minister to people. We're able to meet needs, and people go through trials. They have troubles in various kinds. We're able to help them. And it's, it's because of those that have the practice, the grace of giving. In Acts 4, it says, and they shared everything they had. Sometimes those who owned lands or houses, they sold them, and they gave the money to the church. Just like Brother Larry did. They sold him and gave the money to the church. One of the guys that did, the many persons that did that in the Bible was Barnabas. Barnabas took and he sold the property and he gave the money to the church. There were some other people who gave to the church called Ananias and Sapphira. <laughs> Amen. Their problem was they lied about what they gave. They said they gave the, they said we sold, I'm making up a figure here, but we sold this property for $250,000 and here's all of it, <laughs> you know. Um, but that wasn't, wasn't what happened. They actually sold it for $500,000 and uh, said that they gave it all, right? But anyway, that's a whole other story. But it's set up, and how you know, so it's practiced by Christ, it's, it's set up by God, it was set up by the, the early church, and it continued on with the church universal. Whether it was in Jerusalem, when you read about the church in Jerusalem, in Judea, the church in Greece, or the church in Macedonia, which we see referenced here, the, the churches in Corinth, or wherever it is, the grace of giving was always a practice of the church. Amen? And the church is the people. How I many you know buildings don't give? People do. They excelled in the grace of giving, right? That's our precedent. That's our precedent. 
And so we have all of those things, and, and I'm so glad, and I've seen it throughout all the years. One generation after another, I've seen people excel in that and uh, because that's who God is. That's who he's made us to be, right? Now I want to talk about the effects of our giving, the effects of our giving. And utmost, our giving honors the Lord, right? It honors the Lord. It honors the Lord when we really trust him. And we show our trust in him by, by, give, by putting him first in our giving, in our tithing. Or we're sacrificing something we might want in order to accomplish that something that God wants to see happen. A need that God wants to see addressed. And we say, we're not going to purchase this. We're going to do this with it because, God, we know you would be honored. How many of you seek to honor God with your finance? Amen? I pray you do. That's something that in the, as mature normal Christian people, that's something that we would naturally do and we want to see carried out, right? And, um, you know, people give thanks to God when gifts are given and needs are met. All of a sudden, I mean, people begin to praise the Lord. They begin to thank God all of a sudden because you've been used by God to, to help meet a need and it breaks through and they give, they give God thanks, right? It helps people see and experience the love and goodness of God. And when you and I, people don't understand that. You remember that, even this whole idea of giving, you remember that commercial they would do? I think it was, it was some insurance commercial, and, and a guy would go into, he was at a restaurant ordering breakfast or something, and um, he's with his son, and he left like a $100 bill or something, you know. Do you remember, you know what I'm talking about? And he left that, and he goes out, and his, and his, his boy says, Dad, you gave her this, and the bill was only this. He said, I know. God will take care of it, right? It's those types of things that happen. The name of the Lord's honored in that person, right? So to speak, when it's done in a Christian way, God's honored. It demonstrates, but it, it, demonstrates, it demonstrates a trustworthiness. Now, in that thing, there was no spiritual application that was made. But how do you understand if we do that type of thing and we show our children it's okay to give and say, Son, God's got this. God's got us. Why did you do that? Because God's got us and we can trust him. That our trust is in him. Right? It stores up treasure in heaven. All kinds of, well, that's, that's another piece. That's more something to us. But the name of the Lord is lifted up in high honor when we give. Right? Remind your person again. Remind your neighbor again. All right. The Lord wants you to be. Come on. The Lord wants you to be a cheerful giver. Right? Amen. It impacts the Lord, it, has, it, it blesses, it honors the Lord, but it also impacts us. What does giving do to us? You ever thought about that? How are we impacted by giving? It causes us to put our faith into practice. It's one thing to say we have faith in God, but it's another thing when we take a step and we show we have faith in God. One of the biggest ways that we'll show we have faith in God, one of the biggest ways is releasing finances into God's hands. I'm just, I'm just telling you, folks, I'm just telling you that we release it into his hands and faith, we practice faith, and when we do that, then our faith and trust in God is increased. Remember, it talked about tithing. God said, try me this and see, test me and see. And so we do that, and all of a sudden we step out and we begin to tithe, or we begin to give, or we give to missions or a certain ministry, something we do, something that God tells us to do. And all of a sudden, 
God just blesses back. He just blesses back. Right? And always, always, it's something that we continually do. There's so many things here. I'm, 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 I'm wanting to give examples and illustrations, but I won't have time for everything. But it impacts us this way. It, how many know another thing? It prevents us from being selfish. You ever notice that we all have a tendency to be selfish? That's a fact. <laughs> we just do, right? You tend to be selfish. But when, you, when, you're, when you're practicing regular giving, right, weekly giving, regular giving, it prevents you from being selfish. It prevents me from being selfish, thinking only about me. This is not just about me. It's also about you. It's also about people we've never met before, right? It's about them. It keeps me from being selfish. And it also prevents money I don't have anything on me. <laughs> um, it's money from, from being our God. Right? That we don't live to serve money. That it's our God. That it's our trust. Some people just can't live based upon, I mean, really, they can't do it based upon how the stock market is going and all of that. Man, they're, they're, I mean, people commit suicide. The stock market goes down. What would it happen? And you know, I mean, none of us want to go through those tough times. What happened? All of a sudden, you know, job security. Am I going to lose my job? Whatever. Isn't it great to know, God, you got me. No matter what happens, no matter what happens with a job, no matter what happens in the stock market, no matter whatever, whatever comes up, you know, unex- anybody ever have any unexpected bills? Anybody in the room? Huh? You ever notice how that, man, you get somebody like, oh, man, we got this unexpected gift. And then before you, before you even do anything with it, all of a sudden the dishwasher breaks down or the, right, the car breaks. Anybody ever had anything like that happen? You, know? oh, you remember those days? I mean, you know, they're still there, aren't they? <laughs> you just do it. It's like God saying, well, you just trust me. I, I got it. You know, hey, listen, they got to make money, too. <laughs> right? I mean, the Maytag repairman, he's got to be paid too, you know, and he, he doesn't get paid unless our appliance breaks down every now and again. I'm not wishing that on anybody, but I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Right? <laughs> right? We're impacted. We're blessed in the process. We are blessed in the process of giving. And you, and you can't help it. But somebody said, if you give to get, <laughs> you might not get what you might expect. That's not our motivation, is it? We're not giving to get. We're giving because of the grace of giving and because we want to honor the Lord and we want to do something to help somebody and to meet a need, right? And it stores up treasure in heaven. It touches people. The grace of giving, it touches people. It advances the work of God. It helps to meet people's needs, right? It helps to do that. You're giving. You're modeling the grace of giving. It inspires and encourages others to give. You won't ever learn that from a stingy person. <laughs> you won't ever learn that from a selfish person. And I urge you to be around. You want to find somebody godly? Find somebody who also practices or who excels in the grace of giving. You won't find a person who really hears a lot from the Lord, really close to God, I'm going to tell you, who's stingy with their finance. It won't happen. 
Now, I don't, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what y'all do. I don't know what y'all give. Um, I, don't, I don't look at giving records. I never have. I've been in this church, March will be 22 years. I don't look at giving records. I don't know who gives what. And I know there may be reasons uh, some pastors do that, and there may be good reasons for that. I don't judge that. But I don't do that. That's between you and the Lord. And even if I saw the amount, I wouldn't know whether you tithe or not anyway unless I knew exactly what you made. <laughs> right? Let me, let me go back here for a minute, too. Let me say something. Let me challenge us. How many of you, get, how many of you know the worst thing? We can, we, can, we can deceive ourselves. And let me, I'm, I'm going to jump back to tithing for a minute. Um, tithing is 10%, right, of your actual income. How much do you make? Don't say that loud. <laughs> how much do you make? How much do you really make? Okay. Now, it's interesting. Does when you go in and you apply for a loan for a car or for a house, how do you know the more financially stable you are, the better rate you're going to get? Right? And so you're trying to put your best foot forward. You're trying to paint your financial picture as good as it can be. Right? Y'all know where I'm going already. And when it comes to tithing, do we use that same model of the 10%? You know, we're trying to get that number up there. Or are we drop, well, you know, well, after I pay my taxes and after I do this and after I do that, I only make this amount of money. You know what I mean? And so give it, hey, are we getting real or what? Which way are you measuring it? Sometimes we can say we're paying our tithe, and we're like, eh, kind of. Either you do or you don't. So anyway, I, I just throw that. I'm just the delivery. I throw that out there. You, you deal with it. You let the Holy Spirit deal with it, okay? But anyway, it, it, it impacts my giving. Your giving impacts people, and it inspires other people. It inspires other people to give. How many of you have been inspired by other people's giving? You see them stepping like, man, I want to be a part of that. I want to do that. Come on, y'all with me? I want to do that. I've been inspired by others. It's something that recently happened, and this, wasn't, this was not something that, that we did personally, but as your, as your pastor, and we found out about it, um, the uh, Chi Alpha Ministry, the Chi Alpha Ministry team there in Knoxville, they had a uh, part of their one of their team members had a they were they were foster parents they they were um, going they were in the process of adopting children and they were having going to be having natural biological children of their own so fostering adopting. <laughs> natural, all right, natural child uh, bearing, all of those things. How I many you know you, you put those together, you're going to have a bunch of kids? And so they didn't have the vehicle to handle those kids. And so um, they needed a bigger vehicle. So they went and began to pursue the purchase of a, of a minivan. And that's sacrifice right there. Who wants to drive a minivan unless you have to, you know? And I've been through there, done that. But Went and did that because they needed more seats. Well, this team, this Kyle of a team said, you know what? They're stepping up because, you know, what? it's a lot of people were people are arguing about people keeping their kids and things like that instead of abortion. What about those people who really feel like they're not in shape, their life's so messed up that they feel like they can't? But we encourage them to have their kids. There needs to be somebody. If they're not able to do it, there's somebody's going to step up and say, I'll raise them. And that's what this family did. They said, we'll raise them. And so the Chi Alpha team wanted to support them and help them. And they said, you know what? Let's get together and see if we can't buy this van for them. 
So without knowing it, um, without knowing it, they went out. The Paul Sheasley went out, and uh, if you pull that picture up, all right, this is him. He went out. He didn't know all this, and he went out and he picked out a van, and uh, that would be for his family. Went and did that, and uh, and and this is part of their family here. Um, as it's growing, not every, not everybody is there yet, and so they're growing, and um, and the the team said, you know what, let's help them, let's help them pay for that for that van that they had to go get, and so they just began to spread the word among their team and some people and friends that they knew, and included in that in that thread uh, was uh, Lori and I, and I said, honey, this is this is inspiring. I'm glad for these students. How many of you remember when you were a student in college, you didn't have any money? <laughs> I mean, you know, you were glad to have, you know, just be able to get some pizza. That's why you eat pizza, not because you like it so much, because it's all you can afford. <laughs> That's why you get it, right? And so they were, they were doing this, and we did that. And so because of the grace of giving of this church, I said, honey, let's, just, let's send them $1,000 from the church. Let's just do that. And so we did that. And I want to tell you, they raised the money, and it's all paid for. So can we give God a hand for that? Amen. <laughs> Giving inspires. And sometimes you've got to lead the way. As a pastor and a leader and a district leader, sometimes you've got to lead the way. We've got a strong church. God has blessed us. And he's blessed Lori and I. And sometimes you've got to step up and lead. Some of you were there and we had, uh, when Dave Reaver was speaking at the men's conference and I was leading through the men's conference and we were taking up an a, a offering for Brother Dave. And I, and I just felt all of a sudden, I mean, we, our tornado went through our house, but I felt like we were supposed to give $1,000 to Brother Dave because if the leader doesn't show the way, he can't inspire other people to do the same. There's times I've been inspired by others. There's been times that God's used me. And you step up and one of the responsibilities of leader, it's a responsibility of you, Dad, to lead the way for your family, to be a giver. Amen? To let them see you give, to let them see you tithe, to let them see you sacrifice, right? And they see that and they begin to respond. So this is one of the ways that it, that it touches people. And I'm so glad as, as, that money can be transmuted, transformed into everlasting treasure. It can, be, it, can take, it, it can be converted into food for the hungry and clothing for those that are poor. It can keep a missionary actively winning the lost to the light of the gospel. It can, in any, any temporal possession can be turned into everlasting wealth when we put it in the hands of God. Whatever is given to Christ is immediately touched with immortality. I want you to know that it's more than just dollars. There is the Spirit of Christ flowing through that, multiplies it, amen? Just like seed put in the ground, it begins to grow and it becomes bigger than what it is. And I want you to know it has impact. Your giving is literally resulting in people receiving the gospel, coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? Seeing good things happen, seeing people that are hungry being fed, all kind. Of, why? Because of the wonderful grace of giving. That's what happens when you put it in the hands of God. And so let's continue doing this. Amen? Praise you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, God. How about the grace of giving? Well, I'm going to wrap up, okay? Let me just talk about this, the manner for giving. And I could, I could preach, I really could preach all month on, on these pieces, okay? 
And so I'm giving you these things, and I pray you'll take them. That's why I asked you to take notes, that the Holy Spirit would take them and move upon you. But the manner of our giving. It's one thing to give. It's another thing to do it in the right manner. Right? To do it in the right manner. And let me mention some of those ways. And all of these, I urge you to read 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. These two chapters give some of the most uh, detailed insights into giving and the grace of giving in all the Bible. And so you can read through that. But one thing about giving is it is to be done joyfully. <laughs> say, say joyfully. Amen. <laughs> joyfully. God loves a cheerful giver. He says, decide, decide in your heart what you will give, not reluctantly or because you feel pressured to do so. But cheerfully, God loves a cheerful giver. Right? How many cheerful givers do we have here this morning? Right? A cheerful giver. How would you go with uh, passing the offering? All right. All right. You know, here we go. You know, um, you know I mean, just, I mean, I see it. I see it in your faces. I see the joy and the excitement of being able to give to the Lord. And to be able to, how many are glad you got, God's blessed you enough, you've got stuff to give? Yes. Amen. So give, give cheerfully, not reluctantly, not grudgingly, right? <laughs> give cheerfully. Um, another thing is, is it's to be done willingly. That's why it's called the grace of giving. To be done willingly. This is really important. Because God's way is not by force. It's not by coercion. It's not by manipulation. And may God deliver people from any place that guilts or bribes or manipulates people into giving. That is not God's way. That's not the Spirit of God that's behind that. Right? We don't guilt people in it. We don't bribe them. Hey, listen, you know, if you'll, if you'll send $50 or $100, we'll pray for you and we'll send you a prayer cloth, you know, that's been to the Jordan River of Israel and, and anointing is on it and, you know, we'll do all those things. Come on. You manipulate people. God never charged for his gifts. If you're doing that, you might need to rethink about sending money to such places. Oh, it sounds good, and it sounds spiritual, and it sounds holy. I'm telling you right now, they're frauds. All right? God doesn't work that way. Okay? That's one of the things that's hurting the church, and that's why some people outside the church are so frustrated. They come in, and they see this kind of nonsense, and they can read right through it. Oh, they know. They know because they deal in the real world where manipulation happens all the time. Right? And baits and bait and switch and all that. And then they come in there and they see people that think because it's got something holy written across the top of it or it's got Jesus' name attached to it that it must be right. No, you need to try the spirits and see whether or not they're of God. Right? But it's done willingly. Willingly. And it's to be done generously. The Bible says, Scripture says, Jesus said, freely we received, freely we give. If we, and here's one of those laws, if we, if, we, if we give sparingly, we'll reap sparingly, all right? If you put 10 seed in the ground, then you're going to reap according to that. If you pour 1,000 seed in the ground, 
You're going to reap according to that. That's just the law of the harvest. And that's where God moves our faith. How I many when you maybe when you first started out, I mean you started out giving those those ten seeds. You're kind of trying God. Maybe it's one, right? And you're trying to put and you're like, man, God, you like bless that. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? I started there. I didn't know that. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't know about that stuff. And man, you're giving like, I don't know, you know. And then you learn, like, God, okay, I got you. And then you begin to release it and you trust the Lord, right? So you give generously. Another thing, you got that? Generously. And you give, it's to be done sacrificially. David said, King David said, I will not offer to the Lord that which costs me nothing. And there are times when it really costs, just like the Macedonian church. In this particular situation, it was a time where they were in dire poverty. It was a very difficult time. And that's where, listen, this is so important. And one of the tough things, folks, is God's, is God's word like true no matter where you go? And is it true all the time? If it's true for us in America, then it's true for those in Europe. It's true for those in Asia. It's true for those in South America and true for those in Africa or wherever we are, right? Either it's true or it's not, right? And it's one of the tough things when you go to some of these countries and you'll go to third world countries and people that are living in manure huts and you go in and and you're receiving, and maybe it comes a time and you receive an offering from them. When we went to Cuba and asked them, and they're, they're challenged in the grace of giving towards missions in Cuba and what they go through. But you go to these places and you're like, oh, man, you know, just God let me just take care of them. You know, let me do the offering. But it's important. It's important for them like it's important for you and I that we learn the grace of of giving because the same principles that applies for us as we give and God blesses us and sustains us and builds our faith applies for them and they need to know that and I mean you know there's just something about that about about your faith your walk being enough and that you don't have to trust or rely on anybody else but you can trust that with God that you, you're going to be taken care of and provided for, and you learn that, right? And you're not dependent all the time for some other person or some other people or government. Oh, God, help our country that's become so dependent upon the government. I, can I tell you, God's got a better plan for you than that. God's got a better plan for you than that. And I pray that you'll learn to trust in His provision. It'll be far richer, far better. And it's to be done faithfully. The grace of giving is to be done faithfully. How many understand? And, and, and Lori, you can come, but it's to be done faithfully. Giving is not a one-time thing. Right? Oh, I stepped up at that one time. I stepped up. No, it's, it's a lifestyle. And this is, this is part of who we are. Right? This is part of who we are. We are blessed a lot when we come to know the Lord because, man, there's a lot of receiving. When I receive eternal life, when I receive forgiveness, when I receive grace, when I receive a new start, when I receive God's promises, there's a lot of receiving, and it's, and it's, and it's geared, and, and that's a big part of it, right? That's part of a relationship. A marriage is made out of 
giving people. You re- and that means you're receiving. Pastor Chase receives from his wife. That's part of the relationship. But how do you know there's another part of the relationship? It's not just him receiving, it's her receiving. And great marriages are made out of two givers. Listen to that, those of you who are going to be married here for a long A great marriage is made out of two givers, all right? God help you if you don't marry a giving person. And it's the same way with God. God is giving to us, but it's our, it's our privilege, not because we give to earn salvation. How many know you can't buy your way to heaven? I don't care what you give. You can't buy your way to heaven. There's only way, one way through, through Jesus Christ. But it's made out of two givers. God has given to us, and we're like, God, give me the chance. Help me. I trust you. Lord, thank you for blessing me with this. Lord, how can I use this? And I want to give here, and I want to do this. And we excel in the grace of giving. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it in people. I've seen it. What a blessing. And so this morning, I, I, I think, can we, Holy Spirit, is there something in this part of our Christian walk that you are wanting to show us and I need to learn from? And I want to say to start here in the grace of giving, are you, are you faithfully honoring God with your tithe? That's where it starts. Are you doing that? If not, God's still saying, try me and see. Test me in this, and I'll show you. Y'all with me? And then, as we get that, God releases, and we understand, and we see God's provision, His blessing. Otherwise, folks, without that, really, our finances, as Christians, are under a curse. That's what He says. I don't want my finances. I need my finances to be blessed, not cursed. How about you? And then... And then beyond that, giving to other things as God puts upon your heart. You're given to ministries within the church. You're given to youth, given to kids, given to missions, right? I said this before, you've heard me say it, but I'm going to tell you the average person gives far more money to take care of their pet than they do to help missionaries go around the world and win souls for Christ. All right? How does God want you to handle your finance? release it.